Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good... Well, whatever it happens to be for you. Today, we're going to do something really interesting and different. We're going to read over an email from an agency to a buddy of mine. And the reason I thought this was really interesting is because this email shows why this agency is either A, lying to us and how to identify it, or B, doesn't know what they're talking about in a really great way to identify red flags with the people that you work with. Now, for full transparency, I know this agency. I've been trying to work with them for a while now in so far as taking care of the issues for my friend. Also, I know that these folks have an unfair advantage in the marketplace given some of the access that they have and the abilities of ads that they've been running. With all that being said, this is a great opportunity to understand what agents, how agencies communicate. Also, how to know when an agency talks to you in a specific way that that means that either A, they don't know what they're talking about or B, that they are lying to you and what steps you should take. So we're going to cover a couple basics today and all of this stuff, but I really hope that you're interested in this because I think it's going to be really interesting and I really hope that you can pass this along. If you're running an agency, how to not communicate and if you're a client, how to understand that the agency talking to you does not have your best interest at heart. Now, for what it's worth, I know this because I've written a thousand of these emails where you're bullshitting somebody. And I did it when I was a supervisor of a very big agency spending a million dollars a day or more. I've also done it with small things. I understand how to read through this stuff because I've been this low integrity person. So we're going to go over a couple of these things. And sadly, I can't tell if this agency legitimately believes what they've written me or if they're just trying to cover their ass. And the honest truth is the response that I would rather have from them when I talk to them later today is that we made a mistake. We were trying to cover our ass and moving forward. We want to be straightforward with you. The worst response when I talk to them is no, these are correct things because when you lie to your clients or if you try to cover your ass with some, what I call a tapestry of bullshit, what you're really doing is you're setting yourself into a corner to no longer be successful with them. So let's get into this. First question that I had to them as well. First off, I said, hi team. I hope all is well. I appreciate the patience here. I copied a couple, I, I read a couple questions and I really wanted to understand a few points. Number one, why does nearly every ad have a different post ID? This prevents, and then I go on to explain, this prevents Facebook from collating data and optimizing. And number two, this feels like a lack of attention to detail on something that's a fairly basic best practice. Now that's me reaching out to them and saying, hey, I've noticed a few issues and I know that this is a little stressful right now. So let's work together on solving some of these things and I think we're gonna be in a good place. Here is a fundamental tr basic core like, like uh, discipline and I noticed that it's not being addressed. For the record, I went through the account, I did an audit, and I saw that every single ad, basically somebody had highlighted an ad they liked and it duplicate. And when they hit duplicate, really what they were doing was an audience test. We're gonna try a bunch of audiences. Now I've already gone through with them that audience testing is basically a terrible idea. But you have to pick and choose your battles with people. So what I did was I said, hey, 
I've noticed that every ad is using a different post ID. Now what they did is they built a campaign. They built an audience targeting a specific group of individuals. They, they threw in an interest group that they still think has value because they're not up to date with Facebook's press release from you know, a couple weeks ago that mentions what we knew a year ago and I've been teaching you all for 18 months now because it's been confirmed before they even put it out. And that interest groups at best are a suggestion. But you pay extra for that level of customization. And it's a highly unstable audience where the backend code to populate what that interest group is made of has not been updated in over half of a decade. So it is obsolete technology that Facebook does not support. So what they did is they targeted an audience and threw in a couple of ads. They then duplicated that ad set. And in the duplicate, they targeted another audience. And they're using ABO to see, well, what audience really works? And their response to that question, by the way, was, we want to know, we haven't reached these audiences in a while. We're going to go after them. Now, this is a logic that works for email. And it comes from email and from Google, inventory and demand-based platforms, but it has no bearing on Facebook. If you have any questions about any of this stuff, please comment, DM, let me know what I can do. Because if you've been taught any of this stuff by anybody, understand that it means that they functionally do not know what they're talking about when it comes to Facebook ads. They are a liability to your success. And a lot of the people teaching this stuff are very well-respected, successful business folk. But their strength comes in managing teams and businesses that run ads for other people, not in actually doing the work themselves. So what was their response? Number one, when I said, why does nearly every ad have a different post ID? They said, in the last year or so, we've learned that some Facebook audiences come with immense value. Other audiences come with negative remarks, comments, and additional troll-like behavior. Absolutely correct. Some folks are more apt to be trolls. Some folks aren't. Some audiences have more value. The most valuable audience you have is broad. The audiences of least value are interest groups. Or legitimately, actually, the audiences of least value are lookalikes built off of non-performance-based efforts like video views and site traffic and engagers, stuff like that. That is the actual worst audience that you can target. Next sentence. Just like Google, red fucking flag. If anybody mentions you when trying to tell you why they're doing something that is a liability to your business success on Facebook and says, just like Google... It means that they don't understand that Facebook and Google are different environments with different business objectives, with different ways of operating and function in completely different fashions. Just like Google, Facebook has implemented a new strike system where your account can be penalized if we are constantly deleting comments and blocking users from spamming our comments. Red flag here. There are no comments on Google ads. Now, if they're talking about YouTube, they're also wrong. There is a system that says if you have negative feedback, you will be penalized for it because users are seeing your content and not appreciating it. However, what they don't do is say, well, you're just deleting a lot of comments. We're going to penalize you. 
In fact, other platforms like Yelp charge you for the ability to do this. Amazon doesn't even provide as an option unless you have a rep and those become basically tiered pyramid schemes, uh, protection money. It's like, it's, it's a gangster style mentality. They give you a little bit of access and then they charge you for more and charge you for more and charge you for more as things get worse and worse. There is a strategy around that business model. So they said, just like Google, wrong, red fucking flag. Facebook has implemented a new strike system that can be penalized if we are consistently deleting comments and blocking users from spamming our comments. 100% false. Second, by separating post IDs, we mitigate most of the risk associated with negative comments and the snowball effect it might have on one or more of our campaigns. Now, here's what they're saying. If Facebook says, well, this ad is being run and we've been deleting a lot of comments, so Facebook is going to penalize it for us. So what we're going to do is we're going to reduce the risk of this ad running. Okay, I get what they're thinking, but they're not going to the next step. What that means is, what if that ad is running in this audience that they say is of the most value? Does that mean that now this audience is completely useless to us because we can't use an ad in that audience? And also, is the negative impact of that negative comments and all this snowballing stuff on the campaign really the reason that campaign will succeed or not? And lastly, the very end, they're going to might have on one or more of our campaigns. Now, if we've been paying attention for the last several years, since 2017 was when the case study was done and published inside the Disruptor Group, 2018 was when it was made public. The best way to optimize run your Facebook account is with one campaign per business objective. There is very little reason that any ad should be in more than one campaign because you shouldn't have multiple campaigns targeting different groups of individuals with the same ads because then they would have the same business objective, right? We don't have prospecting campaigns and retention campaigns and retargeting or, or campaigns. We don't do that. That's what CBO is for. That's what audiences are for. And the honest truth is we don't need retargeting audiences for most accounts because Facebook does the retargeting for us. If it didn't, we wouldn't have to use exclusions. Facebook is looking at billions of users across millions of websites 24 hours a day to get trillions of data points to understand the best customer flow for each individual user to give them the best possible user experience. And then we optimize our ads to make sure that when we give those users a positive Facebook experience, it also delivers a positive business objective for us. Anybody managing their account, not with that being their North Star gold like that being the thing that mitigates, that, that, that delivers the in, uh, feedback on every decision is not running their ads properly. At best, they are three to four years behind known facts, scientific truth. Basically, they're saying the sun revolves around the earth because who cares that we've proven it already instead of scientific methods. We've spent millions and millions of millions of dollars using scientific method, actually. So fuck that. Yes, with science to prove that wrong. 
So, to review their first comment. In the last year or so, we've, we've learned that some Facebook audiences come with immense value. Other audiences come with negative remarks, comments, and additional troll-like behavior. 100% right in that some audiences are valuable. The audience that's valuable is broad. The audiences that provide a liability are interest groups and lookalikes, and there's no difference in the way that those audiences behave, and you shouldn't be targeting them at all in the first place to begin with. So the premise of this response is, we don't understand Facebook. Second, just like Google, Facebook has implemented a new strike system where your account being penalized, we're consistently deleting comments and blocking users from spamming our comments. Fundamentally bullshit. There is not a strike system that says, if you delete eight comments, you're out of luck. That just doesn't happen. And believe me, I know, I've worked with the engineering and the product team for years this is literally the best practice that Facebook teaches you that you're supposed to do. And delete bad comments, delete spam, block bad users. That is the direction that Facebook will tell you to take. And I'm not talking about the person, that marketing expert that is calling you up. I'm talking about the director of the product team. That's their advice. The director of the representative department for small to medium businesses and the disruptor group. That is their direction. Until their code changes, that will not change. Lastly, by using separate post IDs, we mitigate most of this risk against ne associated with negative comments and the snowball effect it might have on one more of our campaigns, which basically says, if one of these ads gets really negative comments, that means we can no longer use that audience, which is absolute bullshit. Second part of their answer, in the last year or so, Facebook has made several changes to the platform. That's true. Including the advancement of its technology, tools, and algorithm. Great statement. Now what you're telling me as the client is, you know that Facebook has made some updates. You're basically saying that I don't know that Facebook has made some changes and updates. You're treating me negatively. You're talking down to me. Very, very bad form inside of an agency letter. Never insult or disrespect your client. Here's what comes up next. While the post ID strategy is still looked to as a tool to maximize engagement, that's not what it's used for. It's used as a, it's used to collate data around user behavior because every single post is a web page and Facebook is measuring the click-through rate, the bounce rate, and the stickiness of each web page. That's where the learnings occur to understand how to deliver ads in a marketplace to let the pennies you spend in one place inform the pennies you spend someplace else. So you get incremental, directional, improving value over time. So, I assure you, it has little to no effect on performance. 100% false. They're saying that the post ID strategy, the absolute best practice that's been taught for five years, been proven by what is at this point probably over a billion dollars in spend. I know I've spent a few million dollars in of Facebook's money to prove this and hundreds of millions of dollars to prove this on all of my accounts for my students and clients and my own. They're saying it's used to maximize engagement. We don't care about engagement. But I assure you it has little to no effect on performance. This means that they're saying that Facebook's ability to understand the click-through rate, the bounce rate, and the stickiness of any piece of content to any end user to maximize the estimated action rate and ultimately deliver a positive user experience to their users is not true. 
which goes against the core coding and business model of Facebook. Next point. My close friends and colleagues are independent researchers who have several years of experience with the Facebook platform. Great. I love that you have friends and colleagues that are going out there, not just listening to what they're told, but they're out there trying to do things. Here's the problem. They have several years of independent research. Great. I have nearly a decade of independent research as well as partnerships with the platform and hundreds of millions of dollars of history and strategy to try to address certain specific issues. Their next point, object detection AIs are mostly used to maintain platform integrity, but now also supports the advertiser by removing the need for redundant tasks. So what they're saying here is Facebook's AI is getting better and better and better understanding what people want to see. And that's 100% correct. They're able to see what is in your videos, what is in your pictures. They can read like product labels. Like they know that this says so fucking Zen, even though it's backwards on a cup in the middle of the screen. They know that there's a guitar. They probably know that's a Telecaster style or T-style guitar. But the last two sentences have nothing to do with the thesis statement of this paragraph and that Facebook has made several changes to the platform, including advancements of the technology tools and algorithm. Yes, that's an algorithm statement. And yes, it does mean we can remove the need for redundant tasks. However, what that actually means is we don't need more audiences. We don't need copies and duplicates with different post IDs of an ad. That point that they made actually undermines their entire response. Not a good sign. Read what you're writing and making sure that your points support your position. Last thing, happy to discuss this in more detail on our call. Great. Absolutely saying we've offered a differing opinion and based on that, uh, we are more than happy to talk with it. And not only that, they said, hey, here is a link. They say, first off, I've attached a few links below to shed light on what I've outlined above. They attached one link. And the link that they did send, which is great, basically says, hey, Facebook knows what's in your ad. Which is 100% true. They can understand what's in your ad, which is why we don't need audience targeting. They can know what people respond positively and negatively to, which is why we optimize our creative to do our targeting for us. And why we don't need to worry about different post IDs and the penalties that might be involved and negative comments and all of that. Because if we have one web page that Facebook is learning how to market, then it's going to do it very, very well. Their thesis statement to the response to my first point about why does nearly every ad have a different post ID basically says that they shouldn't and that they should be listening to all the direction I've been giving them up to this point. Second question that we had, I wrote them and said, given the less than 2x daily frequency on retargeting, we have a dedicated retargeting campaign, which we'll get out of, but hey, we're there. 
given the less than 2x daily frequency on retargeting, why is the budget so low on this campaign? It feels like easy money, which is absolutely true. Now, to be fair, this account is an over six-figure monthly spend. So there is some value to managing the investment towards bottom and mid-funnel efforts, especially because the top-of-funnel effort is so poorly designed that there is value to be had by controlling the customer journey because you're not empowering Facebook to control that customer journey on, be on your behalf in a good fashion. So with that being said, when we're looking at retargeting, what we do is we want to go in and break down by day and look at our frequency and our performance. You will begin to pay a higher CPM and limit your opportunity for growth if your frequency is over about a two and a half or a three. That's when you begin to pay a premium on that inventory. Now, if that inventory is performing well for you, then that premium cost isn't a problem. For instance, if it costs you $200 to make a sale at prospecting and 15 bucks to make a sale in retargeting, you can absolutely spike your spend more in retargeting for now just to train the machine how to properly show your ads to people so you're getting more and more good impressions and you're closing more and more revenue. Now, there might be an issue if you're omni-channel. There's a lot of that stuff going on. I'm not going to get into the bigger picture here. I definitely get into way more of that inside the Facebook Ads MBA program about ecosystem ROAS, what we're now calling MER. Right now, the world is still preaching customer acquisition cost and blended ROAS. They're close. They're about two years behind what I've been teaching, which is blended CPA and LTV. The rest of it just does not matter. Their response to this, number one, with the attribution models undergoing some change as of late. They're saying Facebook took away optimization and attribution being two different items, but the attribution model hasn't changed. We still have one day click, one day click and one day view, seven day click, seven day click and one day view. What we don't have is the 28 day option anymore. But the 28-day option is something we shouldn't have been using for years now. Five years ago, it was proven that that is a liability to actionable insight and success. There's a reason that we have it and we use long-form attribution models, either A, to make our performance look good because we're an agency that gets paid based on the revenue that you can prove, or B, in a one-day click attribution model, you're not able to get your ad set out of learning. That is the reason that you use a seven-day click, one-day view. Don't use a one-day click, one-day view. Don't use a seven-day click. That's mitigating the middle ground, and it basically means that you're either not optimizing for peak performance or optimizing for peak actionability. Covering some ground in the middle is a liability to your success and should not be done. The account is transitioning into a new default attribution setting, seven day click and one day view. So what it means is they are moving into a seven day click and one day view attribution setting. This change occurred six months ago, nine months ago. 
We're no longer transitioning into this new attribution setting. It has been the law of the land for, on this account, over half a million dollars in spend. It's not new. We're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of new customers. It's not new. We're talking millions and millions of dollars of revenue. This is not new. Don't tell me something is new because you have changed something six, seven months ago in a machine learning algorithm. Don't talk down to me and tell me the way things work to cover your ass, especially if that was mil a half a million dollars ago. It's not new. They go on to say, we have been advised to make minimal changes to our retargeting campaigns. Sure. Especially within the first two to four weeks of deployment and being so close to exiting the learning phase within that period. Now, what they're saying is, I've told them to not make a lot of changes inside the ad account. 100% correct. Especially within the first two to four weeks of deployment, what this means is, hey, this thing is not even out of the learning phase yet, so we absolutely want to make sure that we are not screwing with it. Absolutely a best practice for broad. For retargeting, far less impactful because when we're going bottom of funnel retargeting, which is what we're talking about in this case, the learning phase has far less to do with the success of this ad set than the opportunity of the best ad in the right place. This is the warm body theory. If you are a warm body in the room, it's a good thing. Last thing here. And when they say so close to exiting the learning phase within that time period, what they're saying is, well, we're almost out of the learning phase. Well, here's the point. They're not going to leave the learning phase at the budget they're currently at. Now, between you and me, I can let you know, they're not getting enough conversions on a daily basis to leave the learning phase. So at the current level of investment, there's no way that what they're saying two to four weeks to get out of the learning phase they're never going to reach it because the budget is so small that there's not enough data in the system to leave the learning phase. Also, fun fact, the ads being used inside of retargeting are different than the ads being used inside of prospecting. So all of the wins that we're getting in retargeting are not informing our prospecting to do better. Massive, massive mistake. So my direction here is to raise these budgets, given the low frequency. And for what it's worth, a 10 to 1 difference in the, in the CPA. Now, these are giant red flags from an agency who is very well respected and does a lot of business in high risk areas. Like they have the ability to run ads that a lot of other people can't run. And they have a very large customer base. They are absolutely doing great work because of their ability. They're basically Saudi Arabia. They have oil. 
But what they're doing right now is they're squandering one of the greatest natural resource pools in the history of humanity. And they're going to lose money by opportunity. They might be successful, but they're taking a C plus because it's passing instead of taking an A. They're basically saying, I'll take the million dollars. I don't want to work this much harder to make a hundred million, which is really the potential upside of this agency. Now, the last response here does have some value and I appreciate it. Coming off of a full transition from traffic to conversion campaigns is already rough. They were running traffic campaigns because there were some tracking issues. Um, and there were some pixel implementation problems that apparently were running for nearly a year and nobody bothered to properly address. Let's give the account and pixel some time to heat up before ramping up the spend in such a short time frame. The pixel doesn't heat up. There is no seasoning of the pixel. This ad account has been running for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And ramping up the spend and retargeting from 50 to $100 is not so disruptive that it's actually going to be harmful. It's actually going to be tremendously helpful with compounding value. Because you're going to train the system to understand what a good buyer looks like and you're going to make more revenue. There isn't a downside to this except for potentially duplicitous attribution across other channels. But that's my problem. And that's the brand's problem, my buddy who I'm working with, that's our problem to mitigate, not the agency's problem. And to be fair, they don't understand the impact of that. Nowhere in here is their response saying, the reason we don't want to increase retargeting spend is because we're probably certain that you're making this money elsewhere and we don't want to falsely attribute revenue to our efforts and make ourselves look good while lying to you. We have integrity. We want to take care of your bottom line. That is a response that I would value. That is a response that you could give a client because you're aware of the entire marketing funnel and you don't want to be a low integrity ad agency because a lot of ad agencies will say, go to retargeting, spike the spend, make Facebook look as good as possible, and maybe you get 5, 10, 20% more revenue, but it doesn't show in the cash register at the end of the day. Last thing, our team members are still working on the tracking implementations. Now, mind you, we've had two phone calls over three weeks with developers on the phone screen sharing our way to solving this problem. This is a problem that can be solved in a 20 minute phone call. We've had an hour and a half on shared screen time. It's not solved yet giant fucking red flag. You have not been able to do your job when we paid extra to get people on the phone who were paid by the hour a very hefty rate. And the purpose of that phone call was to leave with this problem solved. We did that twice and you still don't have it done. With our last meeting being earlier this week, we had an emergency meeting to try to get this thing taken care of. We'll make sure to knock this out by early next week. So what they're saying is something that takes a half an hour, an hour tops, that we've already invested an hour and a half into and paid extra to have members of our team 
on board to execute what needs to be done twice, it's not taken care of yet. So in review, what this email is saying is number one, we're not going to do what's best practice because Facebook operates like Google. And we don't want to hold ourselves up to potentially having people spam our comments section. And while post ID strategy is something that's good, it has no effect on performance. Yes, you might get more engagements, but it doesn't. All of this is a lie. All of this is 100% bullshit and is talking down to the client. Do not insult the client by assuming their motivations lying to them about how Facebook works and then telling them that the reason you didn't do a known best practice that benefits the business is because of things that are not true and because of the impact on performance, which your strategy actually hurts performance. They go on to reference Facebook's AI, knowing what is in your images and what's in your videos and everything else, which is 100% true, which is actually why using different post IDs for an ad has no benefit and why targeting audiences has no benefit. Facebook's AI of understanding what is in your images, like this guitar back here, this cup that says so fucking zen. They know that's from Coffee Dose, San Diego. Not personally, they're not like, oh, I know that's that. But the data collates all that information with a certain degree of confidence that is extremely high. Because of the article that they linked to when they said, by the way, we're going to attach a few links below. They only attached one and the article that they linked to 100% accurate. It's Facebook Detectron 2. That is their technology to understand what's in your ad. That is actually why the strategy that they're preaching is a bad idea and a liability to success. Their second point, when I say, hey, given the less than 2x daily frequency on retargeting and the, what is effectively a 10x better return on investment, why are we not spending more? Their response is, well, attribution models have changed lately. Fuck you. That was over six months ago. And over half a million dollars ago in spend and several million dollars in revenue ago. So don't bring that shit here. We have been advised to make minimal changes to retargeting campaigns, especially within the first two to four weeks of deployment with respect to the learning phase. The learning phase does not take weeks to get out of. If it is taking that long and you're on learning limited, it's because you're not getting enough conversions in a week to get out of the learning phase. Right now, the reason they're not getting enough conversions is because they're not spending enough. They are spending their entire full daily budget with less than a 2x daily frequency against that audience. When we go to breakdown by day, I can see they're getting a 1.8, a 1.9. They're not even at a two and they're not even gonna pay a premium for that inventory until they're at a two and a half or a three. And the difference in the cost per acquisition is between 10 and 20 times cheaper in the retargeting than it is in the prospecting because also their prospecting is set up in a way that was obsolete 40 years ago. Their letter to me in this situation tells me that one of two options, either A, they made mistakes 
And they're trying to write a very detailed response as to why we shouldn't be worried about it, which is a terrible idea because it backs them into having to justify their decision-making based on covering their ass in the future when we both know that what they're doing is wrong. Or B, they don't know that what they're doing is wrong, which means they're not qualified to have my business in the first place because they are at best three to four years behind known facts. Again, they're basically saying the sun revolves around the earth. And because of that, we're not going to do the bare minimum that you've already told us to do because it's bad for business. This is the type of thing that you can understand is bad. Now, this agency happens to be able to do some ads that a lot of other agencies aren't doing because they are whitelisted for that, which is excellent. But this is also a really big sign that they're learning from bad people. Now, today on my call with them, I'm going to ask them, who are you learning from? And I am almost certain that we're going to see names of very well-respected and trusted ad agencies and industry experts with premium Slack channels and Facebook groups that sell courses for $97 or a thousand bucks where a bunch of agency owners all talk to each other and try to discuss what is the best practice. They're, they're going to cite these individuals. And... I'm going to be able to confirm from that who is an absolute liability to your success and happiness. Because every person that they're listening to should be, in my opinion, called out to say, these people are teaching people how to fail. Your success Happiness and confidence is not their business objective. And in fact, listening to them is a liability to your success, happiness, and confidence. I understand where these folks are coming from. They're in a great place and they think that they're really good. They might be the absolute stud of their Division II college school. But I'm Michael fucking Jordan. To put it politely. It has been years since I have been in a room with somebody who is better than me. And I say that with confidence not to be egotistical and shitty. Just to say, when I'm in a room with elite advertisers, that room is full of people that basically fall into three camps. People that are actually not really good, but they have great clients. Two, people that I don't know, people that I've never met and I've never had a conversation with, so I don't know what they're doing. Or three, people who are students and clients of mine. I say that because I've spent hundreds of millions of dollars. I've been in the game for nearly a decade and I've spent millions of Facebook's dollars to define best practices and make case studies that Facebook has been teaching for years. You might not even know it, but the agency that you're learning from, they run a study over the last six to nine months and put together a case study to teach you something. That strategy can, probably came from another expert or an agency rep or Facebook internally. 
based on something that they were probably teaching for six to nine months as well. And then finally, like, hey, look, this is great. We're going to run it ourselves. We're already a year to a year and a half from when it's being taught to when you learn it. Assuming that you take it day one, it's brand new information from your guru or expert. The person at Facebook that's teaching that lesson, if they're teaching it to your agency on day one, they are six to nine months removed from that test being launched and evaluated. So at best, if on day one, your agency expert or guru, whoever is teaching you how to do something, understand that that person is at best one and a half to three years minimum behind when the development of that information went underway. I'm the person, me and, and the other members of the disruptor team are the people that did that test two and a half, three years ago. And so when I'm coming here to try to help people, it's coming from understanding that some of the best, most respected minds in the game are at best years behind what you're supposed to do. And they are a liability to your success, your confidence, and the happiness that you deserve. So I hope this is informative to folks. I don't do this all the time, but I feel like this is really, really important. Thank you very much. I'll see you on the internet. Bye.